brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome to the trailer for What the Suck podcast. Do you like movies? Do you like horror movies? You know, movies like Exorcist 2 and The Bye Bye Man. Well, those of you still with us are just the weirdos we want. We watch all the terrible, no good, so bad they are bad movies you never knew existed. Have you seen Wish Upon, I Am Zozo, Creepshow 3 perhaps? You haven't? Well, lucky for you, we have, and we are here to tell you all about them because we believe that no matter how bad a movie is, it should be watched. Someone put at least some effort into these, and bad movies deserve love, too. And boy, do we love watching them. So, please join us, your hosts, Chris and James, on What the Suck Podcast for a weekly discussion of all things bad, good, good, bad, 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 so bad they are good, so good they are bad, so bad they are bad, and Gary Busey. <laughs> Found That's every- my best Busey. <laughs> Found- I don't know if that works, but... It works for me. Found everywhere podcasts can be listened to. Hi, y'all, and welcome to Kudzu Killers, Homicide, and Sweet Tea, where we like to share gothic... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Tales of Southern Style Murder. I'm Lark, and that other voice you hear is Kim. Each week, we take turns telling you the gruesome details of serial killers, spree killers, and just plain old mean people that we find interesting, and we hope you do too. Sometimes quirky and weird, but always respectful. So sit back, grab your glass of iced tea, relax, and let us take you step-by-step through our story. And feel free to shoot us a comment on a specific episode on our blog at kudzukillerspodcast.blogspot.com. Now, let's get on with the show.
we're going to talk about Paul John Knowles, the Casanova killer. Paul Knowles was born in April of 1946 in Florida, and he started his life of crime early. He was only eight years old when he started getting into trouble for petty theft. Oh, my God. In fact, he was in so much trouble all the time that his father sent him willingly to reform school to, just to get rid of him. <laughs> so many little boys were threatened with that. <laughs> He really did it. So. Well, good for dad. Good for daddy, man. Uh, so anyway, by the time he was a teenager, he'd begun to do increasingly serious crimes and increasingly serious breaking and entering kind of things. And he was first sent to prison for kidnapping his first time when he was 19 years old. Notice I said first time. Uh-huh. He was in and out of jail over the next eight years, usually in and out and in and out. About six months out of every year he would spend in jail. Wow, that revolving door. It's the seasons for him. I'm telling you. Yeah, it was like, (laughs) that's how he enjoyed living his life, I guess, is going in and out of prison. He didn't know anything else, evidently. But uh, by the time he was 28, he was in prison again and started a pen pal relationship with a girl by the name of Angela Kovic, who was a cocktail waitress in San Francisco. Uh-oh. And she just thought he was misunderstood and, that, you know, he, she would help him. And she did. She hired a lawyer for him in Florida and got him out of prison wow. and promptly flew him to San Francisco so they could get married. Oh, my gosh. Now, she was in love, you know. In you love know? is blind. Uh-huh. But it wasn't extremely blind because after he got there, he he was a charismatic guy. He was like a cross, they said, between Robert Redford and Ryan O'Neill. He was very charismatic, very good looking, red hair, Mm. nice physique. But she went to a psychic after he got there and the psychic told her that there was a new and dangerous man in her life and she needed to get rid of him. Wow. So she did. She said... She had started to think he was a little weird at that point anyway, maybe. Started Mm -hmm. having some weird aura feelings about the guy. Mm -hmm. So it was enough for her to dump him. Awesome. And Knowles had always said that after that happened, the night that she dumped him, he went out and killed his first three people on the streets of San Francisco. There's not ever been any evidence to that effect. There's never been any bodies or anything like that found or reported connected to him. But I have a tendency to believe he actually did that, and they probably just didn't connect it at the time, because by the time that happened, he was long gone back to Florida. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. So, yeah. I don't know if he got himself a flight or if she said, here's the money, go get yourself a plane flight back to Florida or what happened. But anyway, he was back in Florida the next day and promptly got into a bar fight with a bartender and stabbed him. <sighs> He was arrested and put back in jail, and then he just picked the lock and got out on July 26th of 1974. Well, those Florida jails. Yeah. Well, that's so high his, security. <laughs> yeah. That's when his murder spree started. Wow. Um, he That night, he broke into the home of Alice Curtis, who was a 65-year-old retired teacher, mm-hmm. and he tied her up and gagged her. Stole all her money and valuables and her car and left. Unfortunately, Miss Curtis choked to death on her gag. So she might have been an unintentional murder, but she was uh, one of his very first murders that they are aware of. Nonetheless, right. Right. So he was driving down the street trying to find a place to dump her car. When he ran into some girls, sisters Lillian and Milette Anderson, Uh, Lillian was 11, Milette was 7. Oh, my God. He was afraid they'd recognized him, and so he kidnapped them 
and strangled them both and dumped their bodies in a swamp. Oh, no. Now, on August 1st, he claimed he killed a teenage girl who was walking down the street. They didn't actually know that was true because the body hadn't been found. So it wasn't until December 21st of 2011 that the Georgia Bureau of Investigation was able to identify the victim as Ima Jean Sanders, who had run away from Beaumont, Texas, to be with her mother, who lived in Warner Robins, Georgia. And she disappeared on August 1st. So he was telling the truth about that one, but they didn't find out until, you know, 40 years later. He didn't but, sound like he's very sneaky about it. It's well, like he's, he's not very sneaky about it. And also, this is really fast for a serial killer. I mean, you know, they, they say that they progress slowly. They might kill one a month and then, mm-hmm. you know, for, for a few months and then two a month and then it escalates. But this guy was, you know, he hit go from the start and was driving like Trans Am through these people. He just, you know, he well, couldn't exactly. get enough, I guess. So wow. the very next day on August 2nd, he met a woman by the name of Marjorie Howard in Atlantic Beach, Florida. He strangled her with a nylon stocking and stole her TV. They don't know if he actually forced her to go back to her apartment or she w- took him willingly back to her apartment. But either way, he strangled her to death and then took her television. And that's it? Just He doesn't take much or do much? He just, gosh. No, no. He then killed a teenage hitchhiker, and they still haven't identified her. They oh, don't know no. who that was, you know, and it's 74 and it's, what, 2020 now. So mm-hmm, do the math because mm-hmm. I'm too lazy to. But... <laughs> On August 23rd, and I don't know what happened between August 2nd and August 23rd because, you know, he's he's been killing them at a rate of one every day almost. Mm-hmm. But on August 23rd, uh, Knowles forced his way into the home of Kathy Sue Pierce in Masella, Georgia. She was staying there with her three-year-old son. Aww. He strangled her and killed her, but he left the little boy alone. He didn't do a thing to him, didn't touch him. Sounds like he hasn't killed any boys. He's only killed girls so far. Well, which would go by his uh, thing that uh, Angela was the source of his beginning to kill people. You know, Mm -hmm. he's getting back at her. About girls. This is about women. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And maybe his mother, because, you know, I couldn't find, I searched and searched to find out who his mother was and where she was in all of the picture. But the only person that was ever mentioned was his father and how he had given him up. To reform school, so mm-hmm. I don't know. So maybe she yep. has something to do with it, too, and we just don't know it. But Right, right. Now, on September 3rd, he met a businessman by the name of William Bates in uh, Lima, Ohio, at a bar. Mm-hmm. And they hung out for a while and had a few drinks and went up to uh, Bates's room, and then Noel strangled him to death. That was his first guy. Oh, and dumped his guy, yeah. yeah, and dumped his naked body in the woods. And Knowles took his money and his credit cards and his car and started driving west and made his way all the way to Sacramento. And then he came back through Utah and Good stopped Lord, this like the way. cross country. Yeah, he's just driving around. He, the entire know, country. I guess he figures he's driving around, but he's not in jail. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. As long that. as he's driving, he's not in jail. So, um, wow. But he, he, on his way back... East, he drove through Utah and stopped along the way in Nevada at a campground. And there was a couple there at the campground by the name of Emmett and Lois Johnson on September 18th. And he killed them, both of them. (laughs) For what reason? Did he take something or just Uh, kicks? Did he eat their sandwich? It didn't say anything about him (laughs) taking anything of theirs. 
Wow. So I don't know if he did or not, hmm. but it didn't say anything about it. Wow. Now, yeah, yeah. And I couldn't find the reference to those killings. I could only find it a couple of places, so I didn't get much information on them. Mm-hmm. But a few days later, he found his way to Seguin, Texas. Where That's close to where I used to live. Really and close. I have a cousin there, actually, but go ahead. Anyway, he, <laughs> he spotted a female with a broken down motorcycle stranded <sighs> on the side of the road, and he stopped to help her, quotation marks, uh-huh. around help. Uh-huh. And he yeah. helped her by strangling her to death and then dragging her body through some tangled up barbed wire and dumping her there. Mm-mm. Now, on September 23rd, he met someone by the name of Ann Dawson, who was a beautician in Birmingham, Alabama. And she took him, remember, he was a good-looking guy, crossed between mm-hmm. Robert Redford and Ryan O'Neill. Yeah, so she, good-looking. She became enamored, and she took him on a, you know, on a little vacation at her <laughs> expense. Of course. And then he decided he was tired of vacationing, and he just killed her on September 29th. Her body <laughs> has never been found. <laughs> oh, That's so they know, they know that he killed her because he must have confessed if they hadn't found her body? Yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit. Okay, sorry. He uh, traveled all through the Midwest, all over the place. Apparently, apparently they say he didn't leave any bodies in his wake, but I'm finding that really hard to believe since he likes For to sure. kill people. Uh-huh. But until October 19th, he just, I guess, felt the need to scratch that itch, you know? <laughs> and yeah. He, he burst into the home of a woman by the name of Doris Hovey in Woodford, mm-hmm. Virginia. Mm-hmm. He shot Miss Hovey who was 63 years old, dead with her husband's rifle, and then wiped the gun free of prints and laid it next to her body. There were no signs of sexual assault or robbery or anything like that. Um, He just wants to kill. He just wants to kill. He just, he can't help it. He wants to kill somebody. Wow. And yeah. And at this point, he was still driving around in Bates's. You remember Mm -hmm, uh, William mm -hmm. Bates, the guy he killed and left in the woods. Right. He's still riding around in his car when he decides to pick up a couple of hitchhikers and kill Uh them. But, but he got pulled over by the cops. Wow. For some traffic violations, and he decided this is not a good time for me to do this, and he dropped them off in Miami. Lucky them. Yeah, because, lucky, well, lucky them. Yeah, because, you know. <laughs> yeah, because, you know. <laughs> normally going to knock you off, but, yeah. he, you know, they were really, really lucky. They're, they're uh, you know, they got away. And, well, he took uh, the ticket and, and moved on. That was on. Kind, of, kind of not common. Kind of odd. Wonder for that to happen. Yeah. Wonder why he did that. That's the well. I think a- he was afraid that if they found some dead bodies, that since they had pulled him over and saw dead bodies, that they would put two and two together. I mean, they pulled him over and saw these hitchhikers in his car. Right. When they yeah. found the bodies, they put two right. and two together, and you know he'd had right. traffic violations and all that. So this right. scared him up a little bit. And he Mm -hmm. called his lawyer, and his Mm -hmm. lawyer told him to turn himself in. Well, he didn't like that idea. He didn't want (laughs) to turn himself in, so... He he, killed his lawyer! No, he met with his lawyer, who I think was a very brave man to do Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. And taped a confession with him. Oh, my. So I think we will take our break now. Okay. And we'll get back back to the rest of the story in a minute. Okay. Okay.
They murdered her. A vile and disgraceful act. We were able to discover the remains of two humans. Welcome to Crime Lapse. I am Eileen. And I'm Charlie. Crime Lapse is a true crime podcast that uses primary audio, in-depth research and emotive narration to give you an immersive insight into the darkest tales and most horrifying crimes. Find Crime Lapse wherever you listen to podcasts and at Crime Lapse Podcast or at Crime Lapse Pod on social media. Everyone has a story to tell, so why not let us tell you some? On Kudzu Killers, Homicide and Sweet Tea, we're trying to bring light to some cold cases that are listed on defrostingcoldcases.com. This week, we're going to talk about Johnny Rush Bowman, who was a Virginia State trooper and died August 19, 1984. Trooper Bowman was stabbed 45 times by unknown attackers at around 4.15 a.m. after answering the door at his home in Manassas, Virginia. He was unarmed but fought with the suspects. They fled on foot and left items behind that will one day lead us to their identity, like sunglasses, a wig, and a construction hard hat. There's a touch of DNA hopefully in there somewhere with genealogy databases and all that stuff that's going on now. Hopefully they'll be able to figure out who it was. Bowman's daughter thinks it is strange that her dad answered the door unarmed considering his law enforcement and military training. But he was home and probably didn't expect any trouble, or he knew who was at the door and didn't expect to be stabbed 45 times. Whoever it was obviously had a personal score to settle with him. The FBI is offering a $50,000 reward if you have any information that can help solve Johnny Rush Bowman's murder. If so, please call the FBI at 1-800-CALL-FBI, 1-800-225-5324, or the Virginia State Police at 703 703- 803-2676 or bcigid at bsp.virginia.gov or leave a tip online at tips.fbi.gov. All tips can remain anonymous. back and let's continue talking about Paul John Knowles. I think that's what his problem was, Lark. What's that? His mama named him backwards. It should be John Paul, not Paul John. <gasps> there you go. It just that's doesn't roll theory. off the tongue. Doesn't that's roll right. off the tongue. You've got to right. think, and it is backwards. So he's backwards. So that's what's wrong with him. That's That was his whole problem. Back to him blaming his mama. <laughs> it's right. always a mama's he fault. Never, it, uh, it never talks about his mama. So, you know, mm-hmm. there's got to be something there. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree with you totally. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so at this point, he's killed quite a few people, and Mm -hmm. he did a confession with his lawyer, a confession tape of what he'd done up to that point. But he had a little more left in the tank, so let's talk a little bit about that. Okay. Um, On November 6th in Macon, Georgia, he met up with a guy named Carswell Carr. What a name. (laughs) Carswell Carr. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were in a bar, and they got to drinking, and they got friendly. And he said, hey, you want to come back to my house, this Mr. Carter? Mm-hmm. And he said, sure. So they went back to his house where he promptly um, stabbed Carr dead and then strangled his 15-year-old daughter to death. He tried to have sex with the corpse, but he wasn't able to perform. Oh, my. So then he just decided to take off and... 
Mm-hmm. So Edward Hilliard and Debbie Griffin were hitchhiking in near Macon, Georgia on November 2nd, which was a few days before he met Mr. Carr. And uh, Hilliard's body was found in nearby woods, but Griffin's remains were never discovered. But they don't, know, they don't know if that was Knowles or not. They strongly you know, suspect. It, it doesn't sound like he ever takes a moment to dispose of the body. He just... Bolts. He just dumps them. He just dumps them somewhere. Those first two little girls, he at least found a swamp and buried them in a swamp. But these mm-hmm. guys, he's just dumping them in the woods. He's just posing them with their the the rifle he shoots them with and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I don't know what his deal is. Well, um, he probably thought I really, he... Honestly, I guess he is a serial killer, but it's almost like a, like spree killings. But it's just, you know, it's too long and stretched out to be spree mm-hmm. killings. So. Mm-hmm. Because, like... He, Dumping in the swamp, you think, oh, well, you know, the gator's going to get him and that's that. But otherwise, he's not finding them, but it seems yeah. like he'd be explaining. But anyway, go on. Now, on November 8th, he ran into a British journalist by the name of Sandy Fox. And I kind of wondered if she was related to Guy Fox, but. <laughs> <laughs> was anyway, it spelled like that? <laughs> it's the same way, Fox. Fox. And, uh, not to be confused with Fox, F-O-X. Right. It's Guy <laughs> Fox, anyway. that crazy Fox. mask that people wear. Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. um, and uh, they ha- hung around together for a few days. She found him really attractive, of course, and she was very enamored of him. But, you know, they, the new kind of wore off of it when he wasn't able to perform. Oh. So they, they kind of theorized that he wasn't able to do it because she was willing. To do it now, I don't recall. I didn't find any information about the others having any sexual assaults with them, so I don't know why he tried to perform necrophilia with the fifteen-year-old girl. But why that came into play there at right, so late in the I, game? Right. I didn't, unless I missed it in all the research I did. I didn't see anything to do with sexual assault in any of the other murders that he did. Hmm. Um, and it could be that they just didn't list it. But at any rate. This woman is the one who got away. She probably didn't even know at the time he was a murderer. He had told her his name was Golden. She didn't even know what his real name was. You know, she just thought, hey, here's this good looking guy and we're going to spend some days together and get to know each other. But he told her his name was Daryl Golden and that he feared he would die young and that he identified with the, the main character in Jonathan Livingston's Seagull. Oh, my God. Yeah, he was a good talker. Oh, smooth. A few days later in Palm Beach, Florida, they went their separate ways, and she was unaware of how lucky she was. Yeah, especially. He must have liked her. Yeah, but especially since, you know, he probably felt really weirded in if he couldn't perform Especially that would mm-hmm. seem like it would trigger him, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, who knows? Well, lucky, lucky, lucky her. Yep. So Mm-mm. anyway, a day later, he pulled a gun on the wife of one of Fox's friends that they'd run into in West Palm Beach and attempted to rape her. She <laughs> got away and ran, and then he fled. In the police station, Fox realized this could easily have been her last boyfriend. Yeah, and last realized everything. just what kind of a situation she was in. Mm-hmm. Now Knowles is back on the road again, and he picked up a series of hostages. One was the sister of a paralyzed woman, and he left her tied up but alive in a Fort Pierce hotel room <gasps> and <gasps> took <gasps> off in her Vol- Volkswagen. Yeah. I know. Oh my God! That's, that's where say- you used to live. 
I used to live there. Does it say what? Where? Mm-hmm. Oh my god! No, it oh, doesn't say oh. the hotel room. It just says a Fort Pierce hotel room. Well, it's and, not a very big place. That's yeah. creepy. And then he took off in her Volkswagen. Mm-hmm. That's when State Trooper Charles Campbell spotted the car and pulled him over. Knowles had a shotgun, and Campbell became his next hostage. Mm-hmm. Now he's in the state trooper's car. And he saw another guy and took another hostage, a businessman by the name of James Meyer. A couple of days later, Knowles ran a roadblock in Georgia that was set up for him, I reckon, rammed into a tree, then dashed off on foot in the woods. 200 men and bloodhounds and helicopters went after him. And in the end, wow, (laughs) a hunter out on his own captured Knowles. Wow. A man said, I had a shotgun. Hello. David, David Clark told the press, and I'd take care of my people. Hello, men oh men. Now, Meyer and Campbell were later found handcuffed to a tree, each with a bullet through the head. So he took the cops and uh, the cop and the uh, businessman he'd taken hostage, and he handcuffed them to a tree and killed them both, point blank, with a bullet to the head. You know, he never slowed down, you know, to even have a nice meal or anything. He just was no. running from place to place and running up and down on 95, it sounds like. Yeah, he was just running back and <laughs> forth uh, from Connecticut to Utah to Nevada to Sacramento. I mean, he's oh all over the God. place. I just, uh, <laughs> wow. Now, he was a braggart, too. So when the cops got him in there to talk, he bragged all about the stuff to the cops. Mm-hmm. Um, the audio tapes described 16 of the killings, and the motive, they think, was he just needed to be famous. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what, what they, they think. They think that's why he let Fox live, is oh. because he knew she'd write about it. Oh, yeah, and yeah. Like, she'd tell his live. story. Yeah. yeah, she'd tell mm-hmm. his story for him, and she did. Yeah. She wrote a mm-hmm. book in 1977 called Killing Time. Wow. About yep. him. So mm-hmm. that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. And so in on December 18th, 1974, he told the detectives that he would lead them to the spot in the woods where he'd hidden one of the murder weapons. On the way, using a paper clip he had hidden in his sock, <sighs> he picked the lock of the handcuffs and tried to break free. Holy schmoly. Now there, it wasn't just a state trooper this time. There was also a Georgia Bureau of Investigation agent named Ron Angel. Oh, and what a good when, name. <laughs> yeah, and when he broke out and started trying to kill, he started trying to grab the trooper's gun. Mm-hmm. And when he started trying to do that, Ron Angel didn't hesitate. He just started firing. Oh, so took him out? Yeah, he just took him out, killed him dead right there. Well, he wasn't good messing around. He wasn't yeah. going to mess around with this guy. He knew what he was capable of, and he just yep. said, yep, nope. Nope, we're not going there. We are well, not for going him. there. Kid for so, him. Yeah, so he took him out, and they didn't have to have, saved us a bunch of money. Didn't have to have. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, lengthy, no lengthy trial or uh, appeals process there. Oops. Um, Go into that fund now, for the bullets. <laughs> yeah. Now, when when he was bragging to the police officers, he admitted to 35 killings. There are oh only gosh. 18 that they are sure of, maybe 20. But he mm. says there's 35. And I can totally see that because he was traveling all through the Midwest, and they're saying he didn't do anything for all that time he was traveling through the Midwest, like a month or so. Right, right. I don't believe he went a month without killing somebody. I don't believe he went two weeks without killing somebody. Exactly. It sounded like I he figured- had to do it like every other day, if not every day. 
Yeah, it seems like it to me. So crazy stuff, man. Yeah. So you know, he he uh, got what was coming to him. I reckon you could say. But, well, uh, but his yay list for of that. victims that we know of, his list of victims is Alice Cooper, oh. who was sixty. That's yeah. That's what they say here is Alice Cooper, and I don't. I don't think that was the name that I had for her. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but welcome but, to my night. <laughs> I'm sorry. Respect, uh, Alice. Yes. <laughs> Alice should be respected. She was Respect. his first victim. It yeah. says Alice Curtis and everything else that I've read, but this says Alice Cooper. I don't know if they just got on a loop. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> or, or what was going. Maybe they were listening to some some heavy metal or something. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> but any any rate, is Alice Curtis is every place else that I've seen it. So we're going to call her Miss Curtis. Okay. 65-year-old uh, in Jackson, Florida. Lillian and Milet Anderson, aged 11 and 7, in August of 1974. I believe it was August 1st or 2nd. Mm-hmm. Marjorie Howe in Atlantic Beach, Florida. A hitchhiker that he says he raped and strangled, but they've never found her. It's unknown. They don't know who it might have been or if it even was. Then there's Kathy Pierce, who was strangled with the cord of her telephone while her three-year-old son sat there and was unharmed. Then there was William Bates, and uh, on September 3rd, he was killed, and his body wasn't discovered till October in the woods. Emmett and Lois Johnson, who were the campers in Eli, Nevada, where he murdered them both on September 18th. Victim number 10 was the motorcyclist who'd broken down on the side of the road, and he killed her and dragged her through some barbed wire. Anna Dawson from Birmingham, Alabama, he met on September 23rd, and this was the beautician who he hung out with for a few days and then got tired of her. Her body has never been found. Doris Hovey, who was the 53-year-old lady who was shot with her husband's rifle and left the rifle and everything else sitting beside her, and that was on October 19th. So this was all from from July to December. Hmm. Carswell Carr and his daughter, the wife came home and found her daughter face down on her bed, strangled to death, and her husband stabbed to death. Edward Hilliard and Debbie Griffin, who were hitchhiking near Macon, Georgia, on November 2nd. Trooper Charles Eugene Campbell, who was abducted on patrol, and James Meyer, who was the businessman who was abducted on patrol, who were mm-hmm. found handcuffed to the tree and shot dead. So right. that's, I believe, 18 right there that they could put names to and knew mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. And another, he claims another 17 or so. So. Wow, that's just awful. So that's our Casanova killer. He was evidently very good looking and could talk a mile, but, you know, once he was tired of talking to you, you were just a throat to him. Well, you know, it sounded like um, he just didn't seem to have any kind of age range. Like you- He didn't have any. He's. They often call him the most puzzling serial killer that has ever been because there was no pattern. Right. It wasn't just blonde women, five foot three, you know, 120 mm-hmm. pounds. It wasn't just men, you know, it wasn't just anybody. It was it was just whoever he ran across. Right. He Mur- felt like murdering, you know, and it wasn't everybody that he ran across. It was just. If he was in the mood and the mm-hmm. spirit moved him. Mm-hmm. If he was That's... in the mood and, and had the time and the means and nobody else was around, he would kill him. So. That's just 
I, that's what's puzzling is that, that, you know, it didn't matter whether they were little kids or, and then yet, you know, he spared the one little boy and uh, just no rhyme or reason. I mean, the only thing I can think of it, like you say, with uh, the reporter, the Falks girl, is just like they always said, well, we're going to kill everybody, but we're going to leave one to tell the tale. Tell the story, and, yep. And that's exactly what he did. And and yeah. he must have thought that she was the perfect, the perfect one. And so... You know, that could have been why he spent a little bit more time with her, too, so she could so get, get, get to know him. He didn't tell yeah. her his real name, though. He told her this Daryl Golden name. So it looks to me like if he wanted to be remembered, he just told her his name unless he was so on the news and everything at that point that he didn't want to set her off right away or something like that. But, Probably you know, that's, so. she was pretty close to the last one of them. I mean, you know, he just found a lawyer. I mean, I mean, lawyer. He just figured out when he found this reporter at a bar that he would just, that was the one, and he was going to tell her. He didn't tell her anything, though. That's what's weird. He didn't really tell her anything, but he attacked her friends, and I guess he figured that would give her enough information to start digging on him Mm -hmm. and find, find out what she could. And by golly, she did, and she wrote a book about him, and that's exactly what he wanted, apparently, mm-hmm. by all accounts. So, Well, I would think he probably wanted her to see a positive side and then all the negative-ish. That I don't know that he would see it as negative, but all his other accomplishments would have come out after the fact, you know? Right, right, yeah, probably. Because that's usually, I mean, it usually seems like that's what they want in the end. They want their story. They want to be famous, like you say. They do, yes. They want to be remembered, and the best thing that you can do is not remember them. Don't publish that book. Don't name name their names on television. Don't say a word. So his name was Golden, (laughs) y'all. Well, his name really wasn't. His name was Paul John Knowles, and I really think that's the problem. I know, I know. Uh, we know, you know, you know. When your mamas <laughs> name your babies, think about it. Think about it, people. <laughs> Come on now. Because <laughs> I tell you, the whole time I was researching this for the last week or so, I kept calling him John Paul because that's the way it rolls off the tongue. John Paul. There's two popes, John Paul. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know, I know. Believe me, I know. I have a cousin called Don Paul, so it's all you know. It's the same thing. <laughs> It just it just works like that. But, um, <laughs> now, didn't you say there was somebody that um, he they didn't find for weeks or something like that? They didn't find the body for weeks. They didn't find the body of William Bates. Uh, it was out from September third until like the middle of October before they found him out in the woods. Oh, oh! So he was he was out. <laughs> he was out in the in the elements because because I was just gonna uh, mention something about you know how we did our our. Um, our little forensic Fridays on the body cleanups situation. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, um, I was just going to mention that our friend who is nameless, <laughs> our FBI <laughs> he friend. He shall not be named. Yes, yes. Our <laughs> FBI buddy uh, came over to visit us the other day. And on his way over here, he did find a his neighbor had been passed away in his the house next door to them. And now he had only been there for three days before they found him. Well, as we were discussing on our other little Friday forensics, that the cleanup can go from anywhere to a thousand to 30,000. Well, mm-hmm. our friend yeah. tells me 
a little update on the man he found the other day. Mm -hmm. The insurance company charged this little man's family $50,000. The insurance company or the cleanup company? The cl I'm sorry, the cleanup company. I'm sorry, okay. the clean you're right. The cleanup company, yes. So um, just FYI, I was a little... Uh, on the side, when you said that, I was like, uh-oh, I got to remind y'all, go back and listen to the other show because I got this update. So anyway. <laughs> well, but but you also said that uh, homeowners insurance often takes care of that. They do, yes. Up to a certain mm -hmm. point, maybe. They may only cover it to the 30000 you were talking about. I don't know. You know, I don't but, know, but that's what our informant <laughs> tells me. <laughs> That he, he our mole on the inside. Yes, yes, our, <laughs> yes. He tells me that it was a fifty thousand dollar bill that the family got, which or wow. you know, yeah, that's yeah. crazy. It's and just, he was only there for how many days? He was there for three days. It just mm -hmm. doesn't seem like he would have you know dissolved enough. To <laughs> well, of course not. <laughs> I mean, you know, warrant fifty thousand dollars. Better you know? way to put it. Yeah, <laughs> and and I believe that the guy was just a little old man. You know, he wasn't. You know, he wasn't a hoarder or anything like that. I mean, these are friends of mine who they're, it's just their neighbor, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but anyway, so you just never know what's going on in the house next door to y'all. So. You really don't. You uh, really don't. Uh, so um, that just made me think of that. I was like, oh my gosh. But but anyway, well, that yeah. was a pretty. So this guy, yeah, this guy was uh, a trip, man. It was a, it's, you should read up on him because I didn't get anywhere close to the information that's out there about his victims and about him. There just wasn't enough time to do it in our show. But read her book. Read Sandy Fox's book and read uh, read up on him online. There are lots and lots of articles about him and lots of articles about her, actually, the one that got away. So um, there were several that got away. Her friend got away and called the police, and that's what started the whole manhunt when he tried to hold her friend at gunpoint and rape her. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, she spent days with him, at least three days, I think, and mm -hmm. he didn't kill her. He left her, like we said, maybe he left her to tell his story. I don't that's know. That's just, wow. But that's exactly what she did. So go well, read it. <laughs> I don't mind her making money so much, but you know, I kind of, on the flip side, you hate that you make him famous too, but. So. Yeah, I hate that she's making him famous, but hey, she, she could have been easily dumped on the side of the road or in a she earned or it, in the so, woods, you know, so yeah. I'm all right with her making a couple of bucks off of it. Yeah, she earned her income on that one, so. I'm, um, I'm, I'm thinking so. She, she has genuine firsthand knowledge of him, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'm cool with it. So, so that was awesome, Kim. Thank yeah, you. Good. Thank you for yeah. braving that element for well, us this week. This He was just really interesting. It was a very interesting, like you said, there's no rhyme or reason to who he killed or what he did. And he didn't always sexually assault and he didn't always steal things. He just killed for the joy of killing, I think. I don't think there was anything else to it. That's so, so weird. I'd like to know what went on in that reform school. Or prior yeah. even to the reform school. Well, that was a reform school in Florida. So um, <sighs> there's some really bad reform schools in Florida where they've got like graveyards out in the back of them because they killed <laughs> kids and stuff, you know. Really? I seem to recall there's one in Florida. I don't have the information right in front of me right now, but I seem to recall there was one in Florida that had a graveyard in the back. We're going to have to look that stuff oh, yeah. up now. Oh, my <laughs> God. Because, I mean, look at us. Whoa. Look it up. We can, do, we can do a story on that if you want to. It's a it's, uh, yeah, yeah. There's um, one. I'm pretty sure there's at least one there. Reform so. schools that breed killers. There's a, there's a topic. As one of our, 
as one of our podcast friends out there calls their podcast, they always move to Florida. It's the truth. <laughs> it's the absolute truth. Look at y'all know I've moved all over. I've moved around. It sounds like I've moved around all the time, but I mean, really haven't, but I have lived in Florida a long time and I've lived in Texas a long time and, and in other places, but Florida, oh my God, all the nuts roll down, but <laughs> <laughs> apparently the killers too. Yeah. Anyway. Her, I'll move to Florida. <laughs> her God. book is called Killing Time, if anybody's interested. It may be out of print, but you might be able to find it at your library or something. I don't know. You never know. It may still be out there. You never it's know. It's about a 43-year-old book, so who Hey, knows? well, you never know. It might be on, on Amazon. Everything's on Amazon, including Everything. our books. <laughs> <laughs> Nice plug. We'll, we'll <laughs> get to that is, later. <laughs> the difference is you go by your name and I don't. <laughs> yeah, well, we can always give Kim's titles because y'all can find Kim's titles too. <laughs> but we need we need to, uh, you know, y'all, y'all can look my books up. You can look Kim's books up. Or, and know. we also have a series of three little um, middle-aged detective ladies that happen to be a little bit patterned after us. Literally <laughs> based on who we are. As we were living up in Memphis together. Yeah, they are, uh, you know, sitting in a file somewhere waiting to be finished and published. So one of these days. <laughs> that was pointed at me, y'all. <laughs> but I'm seeing all this start to unfold and happen because you guys have been awesome to us. And we really do appreciate your listening and continuing to tune in and laugh with us and have a little sweet tea with us on Tuesdays and Fridays. Alrighty then. You guys have a great week. Bye now. That's our episode for this week. Thanks for listening to us and we hope you join us again every Tuesday for an exciting new episode. Head on over to our blog at kudzukillerspodcast.blogspot.com and leave a comment or your ideas about the subject this week. Or follow us on Twitter at kudzukillerspod and you can shout out to us anytime or send a question for our next Q&A. Yes ma'am and we love you forever if you leave us a review on whatever podcast blows you scared of. We'd love to hear what you think of our little show. If you'd like to become a part of the Kudzu Killers family, hop on over to patreon.com slash podcast and take a look at the goodies you get when you show us some love. That's right. And if you love our music, check out Jody Jennings Music on Facebook, SoundCloud, or all social media and streaming music platforms. So until next week, or if we decide to shoot out a mini episode, bye y'all. Bye y'all. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
ChumbaCasino.com. No Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.